A child's death that has haunted the town of Pekin for the past year. On November 18th, 13-year-old Robert B. was reported as a runaway by his mother. However, we have been in touch with the Illinois State Police and are in the process of entering information of a missing or endangered person advisory. And what happened to Robert B. brought people in Pekin out to search for answers themselves weekend after weekend. Thousands of leads poured into the Pekin Police Department. The search for the teenager coming to a halt on a hot July day when his skeletal remains were found. This is Ashes to Ash, The Disappearance of Robert B. You are currently listening to the audio podcast version that is taken directly from the video docu-series episode. The video version is available to watch on YouTube at Ashes to Ash TV or on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime. We recommend watching the video version if possible, as there are a lot of rich visuals that enhance the episodes. I got messages sent to me yesterday that are actually starting to to chip away at the information we have, and I think it's helping me, and hopefully us, define what's ha- what happened. Narrow things down even further. Yeah, and I think one of the things that was incredibly chilling as I got photos of the jawbone and the the spinal cord and the, um, or the vertebrae, excuse me, and the tote lid. Uh, I got the photo sock, a t-shirt. I got all these photos last night. And the crazy thing, and I need to have a forensics expert look at these photos, but the the photo of the teeth, you know how his teeth were missing, has, those, that, I mean, it's just a picture of them on the ground, but you can see that those teeth are missing. So it's really spooky. Prior to having the pictures, it felt like speculation. And now that I have them, I know there's validity to what was found um, by Trucks for Kids on the 23rd, the day before Bonsai's skeletal remains were found out in Tazewell County. Um, these items were found the day before. They were found under the 474 bridge on the Bartonville side, and that bridge goes from Bartonville to Pekin. So I think that could be important if these items have anything to do with Bonsai. Um, my understanding is these items were found because a tip was given to Trucks for Kids, and that tip led them under that bridge to where they found these items. So it really seems like there's probably a, a tie between them, but I think we need to look into some things here. So we also have the tote lid and duct tape. So could those have had something to do with the case? Is the tote from maybe um, the lids from a tote that maybe Bonsai's body was kept in? And then, you know, where's the rest of the tote? Um, They only found a lid. So I think for a moment we need to set the pictures aside until I can find an expert to talk to to see if the bones are human, um, to see what the chances are of them being Bonsai's. And then also I think we need to look at some of the other evidence, like the shirt, and see if that could have potentially been Bonsai's. I know I had read that he had gone missing in a red and gray sweater, so maybe this is the sweater. So I hopefully we can talk to Lisa about that to see what she believes the chances are that that's his. Um, so I think we're going to set those aside, the pictures aside for a minute until we can get some of those expert interviews in. 
but one thing I've really wanted to look at is DCFS's role in this whole thing and you know how responsible are they for what happened to Banzai? Should he have been removed from the house earlier than he was? And you know what, what it takes to get someone into foster care or remove them from a home. What, what standards have to be met? The person that we're talking to who works closely with DCFS here in central Illinois asked to remain anonymous. Um, so we have protected the person's identity. I work in foster care and we serve primarily central Illinois. So there's a wide range of counties. Um, primarily in this area, it is Haswell, Peoria, Woodford County. Um, we have cases down in Bloomington, Champaign, Danville, um, just really, like I said, all over central Illinois. So when um, children come in to care, um, their DCFS does an investigation. So there's an investigator um, we call DCP workers, and they will conduct an investigation, and they either, there's enough evidence to um, substantiate whatever was called in um, when someone called the hotline to make a report of child abuse or neglect. <clears throat> and sometimes it's unfounded. And that happens a lot as well. So if there is enough risk, um, the DCP worker or investigator will try, just the parent needs to mitigate the risk factor themselves. So it can't necessarily be that DCFS says this is what you need to do, the parent needs to say, okay, for example, if there is a paramour who is abusive or if there's domestic violence, the parent needs to say, he's leaving, he's not going to stay here anymore. That mitigated the risk. Um, and so usually in, in those situations, DCFS will kind of step out. Yeah. Um, if it's not mitigated, then um, DCFS will try to have intact services where the children remain with the family, but they are offered services and provided services, may it be counseling, substance abuse, um, parenting. I mean, there's a wide range of services. If it rises to the level of this kid, there can't be a safety plan put in place. This kid needs to come into foster care and placed in another um, setting. Um, may it be with a relative or traditional foster care, then that becomes a placement case, which is foster care. Okay. And at that point, DCFS really contracts with a lot of agencies. So there's um, non-for-profit agencies. There is actually one for-profit um, <clears throat> agency in um, this area, uh, but then they are basically do a handoff with DCFS. So we would meet with the investigator and we would then take the case. And at that point, the job is for the caseworker, caseworker supervisor team is to really kind of put the pieces back together and provide services to these families, to the children, to um, correct the conditions that brought the children into foster care. So that's what we do. And the process lasts. Illinois is terrible at keeping kids in, in foster care. We're the worst in the United States for keeping them in the longest. So it is almost always at least a year. So I just want to make sure I fully understand this. So someone calls CPS. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then that call goes to a hotline. It's, it's a, a hotline, hotline call, call, yes. It's a hotline call, yep. okay. And then they decide if it goes to DCFS. Yes, they decide at that point if that call is going to need an investigator to go out and investigate. Okay, and is it 
I'm assuming it's like trained professionals who take the call or who? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then if they turn it over to DCFS and it seems reasonable enough to go out, then DCFS might go out. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, if they feel like something's, the child needs to be removed, that's when the foster care system comes in. Correct. Here's Tara, Bonsai's old babysitter. The several times that CPS were involved, um, that were called, I don't recall at any given moment CPS ever going over and investigating their house there on Gomo. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they didn't live on Gomo, but they're over there. Yeah. I don't remember them ever going over. They should have. Yeah. That house was unlivable. It was unsanitary. They never went. Mm -hmm. And I, I can tell you that 100% they didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any of the residences, I don't recall them ever going over and investigating that they did. She got notice of it beforehand, so I'm sure she got to pick it up or clean it up or whatever. That's, you know, maybe enough where it was okay or she got notice, hey, you need to get this done, this done, this done, this done. But, um, yeah, more should have been done. Yeah. It's a disappointment to me, yeah. I mean, there's families out there who get CPS called on them for the silliest things and and they get their kids taken away for much, much less. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. To have to call on somebody about their child because their house is unclean or unsanitary or because you're worried about their child not eating or sleeping in an area that is filled with feces or urine. Um, yeah, that's disturbing. And then to know that nothing was done, yeah, it's, it's a disappointment. Did it strike you as strange that Lisa's first son had been removed from the home and that they weren't taking the second one more seriously? Yeah. Yeah. It was bothersome. I didn't understand how, um, I know in a lot of cases with CPS, um, just from working odd jobs, that if your child is removed through CPS, you're, if you get pregnant the second time, CPS is on you like a hound. That's typically how it works. They're with you at the hospital. They're there doing monthly checks, checking on the baby, checking on the infant. So I don't know if that was the case with Robert, but they really didn't do enough when it came to Robert's. Case at all. I sat with Stephanie, Bonsai's sister, and she showed me some pictures of Lisa's house around the time of the disappearance. So describe to me what room in the house this is. When you walked in the front door, this okay. was the door off to the left. That was Lisa's bedroom. That was the pathway. Right here would have been the bathroom, Jack and Jill bathroom. Okay. And then the front of the house was right here. Mm-hmm. How did she even sleep on this? She'd probably push something aside or whatnot. I guess, right? It's like piled up like mm -hmm. four feet on the bed. Disgusting. Wow. That was the outside oh, of the house. Oh, that's the window you showed me Trash, earlier. It's yeah. all piled up. And see up. how it was piled up mm -hmm. and the windows broken and I mean, that's oh, how she lived. That's how she lived. This was taken actually the day that they did the news interview. So really? you know how bad the house was and she never cleaned her houses anyway. Jesus God, it's like the trash all over the floor. Uh, cat feces, dog feces. Oh, I see, that's the other part of her bedroom. Mm-hmm, the Jack and Jill bathroom door is right there. Okay. That's just the little bitty living room. Wow, and his cot, the, oh, that's the, is that the part of the cot? Mm-hmm, okay. part of the cot. That he was sleeping in? Just wow. disgusting, and that's normal for her. Yeah. 
we had when they lived in Peoria. There's the cot. My yeah. dad's Bears jersey I have was hanging on the wall. I love that there's a chair and a lamp on the cot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, and that goes into the kitchen. Goes into the kitchen, but you can see the cat litter on the floor. It's just Gross. feces like all over. Butts. Yeah, there's a shower. Wow. I know oh. when the poor landlord, and I don't know if his, he wants his name on, so I won't say it. Yeah, he's a super nice guy, so sweet. Um, when Bonsai went missing, he let her stay there, knowing she wasn't paying rent, and said, I'm going to let you do this because he may return home. He thought maybe he was just missing, oh, that wow. he did just run away. Yeah. Sweetheart of a guy. Would the conditions of somebody's home be a reason to possibly take a child out of that home and put them in foster care? Meaning like, for instance, like the cleanliness. Oh, absolutely. There's actually, there's a different list of abuse allegations and a, another list of neglect allegations. And they all have different numbers, but one is environmental neglect. And so kids do get taken from homes um, it, it, due to cleanliness. Um, if there's not enough food, if it's if there's not electricity, hot water, things like that, the kids will be removed from, um, or the parent will offer to put that kid in another family member's house. Um, and intact services, again, could be, be offered or it could be placement. It just, it really depends. So if someone got, let's just say for strictly environmental reasons, someone's like a hoarder or something and there's stuff all over the house on mm -hmm. the beds where you can tell people couldn't even possibly be sleeping on the beds, stuff mm -hmm. like that, and a child is taken away, do they usually give the parent an opportunity to clean up the house in a certain amount of time or how does that work? Yes, my understanding is, is that the investigator will like say, you need to get this clean and here's your timeline. Um, and sometimes it, it does, or they'll say, you need to find another home. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen that where we've had to call, because um, this house was a house of hoarders, and it was just not appropriate for a three-year-old to be in it. And um, so what that parent did was um, ended up getting an apartment, like moved out of his parents' house and got an apartment. And so then that, you know, solved that problem. Would DCFS go back and inspect it before they allowed the child to come back in? Or the parent just has to say it's clean now? Oh, it would it would need to be inspected um, by the by the investigator to make sure that it met it was it was actually done. Mm -hmm. and because they wouldn't be able to cl close the case out the investigation until that was pr it was okay. proven clean. Here's Lisa talking about DCFS. Did DCFS ever come to your house? They did one time, and we stayed with, we had to clean the house before we could move back in. They had condemned our house, and we stayed with the lady on the corner mm -hmm. for a little while. And I went in there, and I cleaned the whole house, got it all spick and span, so we could go back to our home. So one of the people I got to talk to was James, who lived um, basically a block down from where Bonsai lived at the time. And he's really important to this because James and his girlfriend took them in, but they barely knew Lisa and Bonsai. So it, it kind of really surprises me that DCFS was okay with them going and staying with a family that they barely knew. So can you tell me a little bit about how you met or found out about Lisa or knew about her? Or? Through my girlfriend, she, you know, we'd see Bondi, you know, 
walking back and forth, and uh, she ended up talking. My girlfriend ended up talking with Lisa uh, the day that DCFS was on her case big time because of the condition of her house, mm -hmm. which, like I said, we should we should have never gotten involved. We should just you know they needed a place to stay while she cleaned up the house. If she didn't get to clean up the house, she'd lose Bondi. Felt sorry for the kids. I had all right, you know, and then. Four days after he leaves our house, he's just, you know, listed as missing. When your girlfriend ended up ha bringing them into the house for a couple days, was it a request from Lisa, or did they did she actually get involved with DCFS to make that happen? I'm not sure if uh, my girlfriend talked to the DCFS agent or not, or caseworker, whatever mm -hmm. they call, whatever they call. Yeah, and. Uh, I think they had a discussion and cleared it, you know, that's the, I, I think that's my understanding of how it went. Mm -hmm. How many, what did you say, how many nights were they stayed with you guys? I'm thinking that from the 10th to the 13th. Somewhere in there. Somewhere okay. in there. If you were a check, uh, Pekin Police is not an emergency number, mm -hmm. uh, and if they, you know, go through and find out when they dispatched officers to their house that we called. Lisa said that she thought her ex-boyfriend was mm -hmm. stalking her mm -hmm. and thought he was in the house. Yeah. So the first night I went down there and went through the front door and to wonder I could even get it open. Mm -hmm. The entire house, knee deep, garbage, dirty clothes, you know, I'm, I'm surprised DCFS didn't jerk him that day. Did you ever see any evidence that anyone was in the house? No. And then uh, he had a counselor, and she was at our house. But he was, you know, being a little butt, you know. And after the counselor left, I went in the back of his head. I said, that's not being acting proper. Yeah. You know, so. He was just being difficult with her, is mm -hmm. that basically? Wow. I'm being a little smart ass. You know, I just Did can't believe they were living like that. Oh, yeah, I can't even imagine. The way people describe it, I mean, that's the you common know, and story. It's, and it's no wonder you get picked on you know, at school, you know, you know, having smelly clothes and all, you know, I just. Yeah, it can't be pleasant. No. You know, it's like living in a, pot of, a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that the house smelled also? Yeah. I also talked to a friend of Lisa's about the condition of the house. They too wanted to remain anonymous, so we have altered their voice. Most of the time you can't even find a place to sit unless you want to sit on a pile of clothes and boxes and plates and everything just in piles. Um, you, could, you can't even see this much of the floor. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. And what would you, from your uh, opinion, would you think it would ever be an acceptable environment for a child to be living in? Oh, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Nobody in their right mind would ever even think about somebody living in there. Not only just a child, but anybody. It was always hot. There was no air conditioner. Um, the windows were so piled up that you can barely see any light in there. Um, and not only that, but you can't even open the windows. Uh, to get air. Um, it, it's really ridiculous. Uh, the dishes were so piled up 
in the sink that you couldn't even wash one to even eat. Like if you wanted to get a spoon of peanut butter, you can't even get to wash a spoon. Wow. Uh, yeah, I met. I went many days without eating over there. Um, I didn't like being over there, but in my little kid days, that's where the drugs were. A lot of times I'd spend uh, a few days there at a time. Um, I would go home to shower and um, get new clothes and eat, and then I'd go right back over there. Um, so then, you'd sometimes stay stay the night. You would actually stay the night there a few nights. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember one night I was sleeping on the blue futon uh, that was broken, um, and I had to clear a bunch of stuff off of it. And then a mouse ran across my hand, and I just freaked out. <laughs> Where did Bonsai sleep? When you slept a few nights, you slept at least as else. I know you weren't there a ton, but um, I think he would sleep in her room. Like uh, what, uh, Lisa's know. room? Sleep with yeah. Lisa, okay. But, I mean, you couldn't even see the bed. It was just basically sleeping on a bunch of clothes or, you know, whatever they had. Um, I don't think I ever seen them go to the laundromat. They don't have a washer and dryer there. Yeah. Um, never went to a laundromat that I know of. And who was in the other room during all that? Wasn't there another bedroom? Uh. I don't think they ever used that bedroom. I think it was just uh, the futon in there in the living room was his. Okay. Um, but when other people would stay, um, he would sleep in there with her. Okay. And I feel that even if other people didn't stay, that he would still sleep in there with her. He he was a mommy's boy for some reason. Does DCFS ever work with parenting classes? Like a, uh, the parent just has to go through a parenting class and then they can potentially get their child back? Yes, that's a very, it's probably one of the most common ones. Um, there's different levels of parenting classes. Some are very um, general, like how to change a diaper and things like that. And then there's some that are available that are much more focused on how does trauma affect your child and has affected you and the relationship of um, those dynamics in, in parenting. And so being really trauma informed in the community, um, there's also parenting coaches at some agencies provide where it is someone who literally will go to go to visits or go to the home and, and help these parents that are struggling with parenting. She got him back because she went through parenting classes. She did everything that she's supposed to do. So did the system fail him? Yes, they did. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel about your own behavior and how that house looked and was? I feel bad because with me not being able to control Bonsai, mm -hmm. he was so out of hand. He would throw shit all over the house, mm -hmm. wouldn't pick up, and then if you, I'd go try and pick it up, it was, nope, I want to hit mom today. And I'd call my husband, I told him, I can't, I don't know what to do with him. I said, I, he's out of control, I can't handle him, I don't know what to do. My husband would go, well, just start taking his stuff away. I said, I did that already. The whole time that they were with us, uh, during the nights, she'd like to go party, mm -hmm. you know, and 
the first night that they were back at their house, this brunette comes and knocks on the door to get Bondi was in the house, locked the door, had a bottle of alcohol. His mom was down the street partying. Mm. Had to go get her, you know, to get the key in it, you know. Wow. Around that time, did she go out and party every night, would you say? Not the first night. Lisa called me after the first episode aired to let me know that she felt those photos did not accurately represent the condition of her house after Bonsai disappeared. Because when he went missing in January, I was in a psychiatric hospital because I couldn't handle Bonsai being gone. Yeah. So I had overdosed, wound up in a psychiatric hospital. Straight from there, I ended up getting sent to Jacksonville on like for rehab. My door is never locked, so you could just walk in my house all the time. Because my front door only locked from the inside. It didn't lock from the outside. Yep. Because Bonsai lost the key to the house. So you think that those photos were taken in January of 2017 when you were... Um... Yeah, because so when they showed me that picture, my friend Penny had gotten those pictures sent to her. And she showed me that. I said, that's not my house. Yeah. They found a turkey sitting on my kitchen counter. Like a, like a one from you buy from the store or like a, a live turkey? Uh, no, one you get from the store. Okay. They asked me if I ever had a turkey in my house, and I said, no, I don't even like turkey. Why would I have a turkey in my house? So they said, well, sitting on your counter. I'm in Jacksonville, Illinois, in rehab. So you think someone did it to stink up your house? Yes. Angela is a relative of Lisa's and stayed at her house right after Bonsai went missing. Here's what she had to say about the state of the living conditions. I actually stayed the night at Lisa's one or two. I think it was two nights, but it might have been one. I can't remember. Okay. I mean, details are foggy. It's been th almost three years, so... Yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, so a lot's happened in three years. So when I went into Lisa's house, the house was, I mean, even the day of the newscast, I had to go in and use the bathroom. Yeah. So she let me go in and use the bathroom, you know, and um, of course I didn't, I don't pass judgment on people very easily because I've been at the bottom of the heap and I know what that's like. Yeah, of course, absolutely. But yeah, the house was a total mess. I actually slept on what they would call Bonsai's cot in the living room. Okay. I actually slept on that while I was there. Not very comfortable. Yeah. Um, at the time, the room that Bonsai would have been in, should have been in, the secondary bedroom, um, there was another girl actually living there. I think that she tried to kind of divert some of the mess. I mean, because when I walked in there, there was cat feces, there was food, there was just a mess of clothes and everything everywhere. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't really think anything of it because, you know, I wouldn't expect nobody's house to be perfectly clean. Of course not. But I, I, in my head, I was thinking this could not have been a very 
healthy environment for a 13-year-old boy. DCFS literally pretty much failed him. If you get multiple calls and your house is literally always that messy, it takes more than just jumping through parenting parenting class loops and stuff to uh, get your kid back. So... I'm thinking that maybe DCFS didn't do their job very well. Yeah, absolutely. And here's some more from Lisa's anonymous old friend, followed by final thoughts from the foster worker. Um, and I feel that even if the house wasn't like that, she still shouldn't have had custody. And I don't know why DCFS, I mean, DCFS has came to the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you've been there when they've come? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and I don't think that like they're actually really interested in doing their job just as much as the cops are, um, because I was only around when they came around once. Okay. Um, and uh, I haven't seen them again after that. Um, and you, I feel that you would keep doing checkups. You know, like I. I feel like that's what should happen. I think so. I don't really know the system, but that makes sense to me. Yeah, I feel like that's how a normal human's brain would work. (laughs) Um, And, like, I don't know. If DCFS really was doing their job, they would have kept coming back, um, realized that they weren't out of the house, um, and I don't see why they didn't take him right then and there. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, why even give it a second chance? And the time you were there when DCFS came, do you know around how, and this isn't to be exact, but do you know around how long before that was Bonsai went missing? Do you think it was like a year or a month or two years? I'd say probably at least a year. At least a year, okay. It was, it was a while. So they came and when they came, did they walk around the house or what did they do, DCFS? Uh, no, they just stood at the door, they seen from the door that, you know, it was not livable. Like, they didn't even have to go in. Yeah. Um, and that's how you know, like, it's really bad. Like, why didn't you just take him right then and yeah. there? Like, there's no reason to give me one good reason to let him stay. I mean, if you had a kid who there was a known paramour mm-hmm. that was being stalk had stalking behavior or was being violent, if DCFS has been called 20 times if a house is in no condition to, to the point where they've been removed from the house and has a juvenile record. Mm-hmm. Like, how does, a, how does a kid that's got all that going, how do they not end up in foster care? So I think like one of the probably easiest answers to that, and I don't think this is really an easy, <laughs> an easy, yeah. Um, if this mother is continuously saying, I'm not with him, and there's no proof that there is, like if they're not caught together, then there's nothing the investigator can do. Okay. Like their hands are really tied to, and we see this all the time, where we're like, we know that they're together, but you can't prove it. And until you do, and there's evidence, like say, in the, one of the biggest ways that we find out is usually police reports. The state's attorney will say, hey, did you know that so-and-so got arrested for this? And then they will they will um, fax us police reports so we have evidence. And that's the same with investigators, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but until there is documented proof that they are together, 
if that's the main problem, then the investor can't do anything. Yeah. And then they just, and they can't remove him just for being like, um, the house, if the house is, it, it just depends on how dirty it is yeah. and how environment, like how severe that situation is. But they're not gonna remove a kid just for that. They have no proof that the, the parent is, still continues to be with that paramour. I kind of look at the case that we're working on and I'm like, what in God's name do you have to do to get a child removed? I mean, I, I, I'm really kind of at a loss at like what, how many times, how many times do people have to call? How, many, how disgusting does the house have to be? How, how many police reports have to be put out about someone stalking? How many juvenile offenses do you have to have mm -hmm. before? I mean, do you think that from what you know about our case in the show that maybe he slipped through the cracks? Or if you don't have an opinion on it, that's okay too. I think the reality is that children do slip through the cracks. And um, again, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that and why that happened. And it's, I've seen, I've had cases where I said, how did this kid not get removed years and years ago? And now he's 13 years old and here we are um, after a parent had been, you know, beating this child and things like that. Like, it's, some, some kids do slip through the cracks, unfortunately. And did you, what did you think when a couple days later you heard he was missing? Did you see it on the news or did your girlfriend tell you or how did you find out? <sighs> I think it was word of mouth that went through the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, and then we saw it on, 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 on the news. You know, and that's just one of, you know. It hurt. Yeah. Did you immediately think something had happened and he wasn't a runaway? Yep. Had I known the condition of the house the day that my girlfriend said, you know, said, you know, they could stay with us, I would have, you know, put my foot down and said, no, you know, what happens happens. It's none of our business. We shouldn't have gotten involved. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking if we wouldn't have gotten involved that day, DCFS would have took him and he might still be alive. The Disappearance of Robert B. was created, produced, and directed by Ash Patino. The production team is also made up of Cole Ellers, Michael Howard, and Danny O'Halloran. Ashes to Ash is a video docu-series and audio podcast. Video versions will be released every other week, and the audio podcast versions will be released every other alternating week. You can follow these episodes and get more information at facebook.com slash ashes to ash true crime. Please contact us on Facebook or ashland57 at gmail.com if you have any information on the case. You can remain anonymous. If you know of anything illegal with the case, please contact your local police department.